Because this is part two of our conversation with Jenny and Ted, I thought it was also important that we touch on something else that makes them different than uh, Jake and I. And that big thing is that they live in Portland. And Portland is my favorite city in the United States. It's just such a cool place to be. And if you've been watching the news over the summer, it makes Portland seem like a pretty scary, pretty terrible place to live. Now, Jenny and Ted live about six blocks from downtown. They're close to where things are happening. And so they give us a really good breakdown on what's happening. And um, and we appreciate that. Thank you very much, Jenny and Ted. So without any further ado, ladies, gentlemen, and others, it's Jed. I, I always hated the half. I would. I always hated the like hearing the crunch sound of them eating the shrew, and then knowing that any moment it's going to be dropped on me. Well, they're so proud of it. Like they're just, you know, like, <laughs> Dad, I did a thing. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like apparently, cats think of you as parents. I, I always thought they were like more spiteful than that. I don't know. No, I like are. my dog though. The more like, like when I hang out with my dog, one of my favorite things, and I'm. Like when you go out with Charlie, think. By the way, that's Charlie. Charlie is a handsome gentleman. I love yeah. Charlie. Charlie's got a cardigan right now. He's, now. He's so handsome. You know, it's bad when the dog is like better dressed than you are. Like yeah. that's how I feel. Like I feel like, like if I would have known that the dog was going to have a cardigan, like I would have, I would have presented my. Like I didn't even comb my hair for this. Like, Can you believe it? Wow. Well, well, to be fair, you're in a Cure cover band, so... Yeah. 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 <laughs> really? No. Let's, let's go, that yes. Let's the last time know who the Cure is? Like... The internet exists. The internet yeah. exists. Disintegration is the best album ever. Although I was more of a Blood Flowers guy, to be honest, but... Friday, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or Tuesday, and um, yeah. and we saw that the two most likely one of those guys is going to be the, our guy. Yeah, like that's we got to see who was going to be the leader of the nation. We do get to see though the vice presidential candidate, uh, the the, vo- the the vice presidential face off, and that's kind of and if we're and if we're honest with ourselves as like Americans. This is the one that really matters. This is the most impro- important vice presidential debate ever um, for some really, really obvious reasons. And and just one of them is, is that both of these guys are, are older guys. And, and while impressive that um, President Trump was able to get himself to a certain point and, you know, and his movement and, and the way he carried himself today, he's still 74 years old, right? And at hmm. 74, I, that's really pissed off. Like, I don't, I don't know how successful you are if you're that pissed off at 74 years old. I don't think that health is Trump's issue with like continuing in the presidency, even if he were reelected. I think that he has a lot of like, fraud problems um, that have been like coming out recently that may be more of an issue for him serving um, a second term if he is 
um, reelected. Yeah, but it was the best fraud. It was the greatest fraud. There's never been fraud seen like this in all of history. It's true. Yeah. Fraud was beautiful. That is a, that's a, a terrifying, our president speaks like a third grader, like a, and not even like a real smart third grader, but someone that just happens to be in third grade. Bottom yeah. of his class in third grade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but that's where we're at. Um, and those were our guys. Those were our guys, but did it, Change the way you thought about Biden when he said that um, he's he's definitely not a socialist and that it's a return to normal, but normal is how we got to where we are. Like, does that make you think? I don't know. What did that do? Did it do anything? I don't know. I mean, for me, uh, I wasn't surprised. Like, I knew that he was a, a pretty centrist Democrat. Um, I uh, I do think that he's able to be effective at a lot of the things that we have problems with right now, like, like coronavirus and economic things and all of that. So I don't think that like his position on the spectrum is as important as his ability to lead right now. In two years, that might be different, but like things are very different right now that we need that. Um, so I didn't perceive them as, as different there. Um, I wasn't really disappointed by that. Um, yeah. What, um, are you excited for Kamala and uh, uh, Vice President Pence for Senator uh, Senator Harris? I, I, that was disrespectful. I apologize. Senator Harris and uh, Vice President Pence. Do you have any expectations? Any ideas? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a real debate where people are thoughtful and they don't talk over each other the whole time. Um, I'm looking forward to see how many times that um, Pence talks about Jesus um and i'm looking forward to see how like um like methodical that um uh senator harris will be in some of her answers i think it'll be like a an interesting contrast to the debate that we saw tonight in, in a lot of different ways really hope so i i really hope so i'm excited for it for a bunch of different reasons we're I think, see. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, I was going to say, I think, um, I think when, if, if we get lucky enough to see, and I think we will, I think we'll see another, because I guarantee neither candidate probably walked away from that debate, like feeling great about their performance. I mean, Trump probably did because I, I mean, obvious narcissist. So he's, he's coming out of it, like just thinking he crushed it. And honestly, I think he did. Um, and he'll be fine. He'll, he'll accept another one. Biden, on the other hand, I think his camp will be like, man, you were doing better before, but who knows? But um, I'm looking forward to the second debate because I think what's going to occur in the second debate is um, one Trump's camp is going to tell him to tone it down. They're going to know that like the one thing people are talking about that came off poorly was his interrupting. Um, but also I think you're going to see, like you said, from the production side of things, they're going to be aware that like this guy's going to try to take control of the debate. And so they're going to go into it more prepared. And, you know, you're going to, you're probably going to see his mic cut frequently. You know, so last, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, um, last night I took my dog out and I didn't have him on leash, which was my mistake, but I was trying to get him to walk in a certain direction and then he was following me and I was trying to get him to go a certain way 
And because he's a crotchety old man, he just decided he was going to run in the opposite direction. And I kind of feel that like Trump is like that. I kind of think that when you tell him no, or when you tell him this is what you should do, he'll find a way to show you that you were wrong and do the exact opposite of that. So I, I like I, I don't even know. Like, is it possible to even coach him or steer him in a direction? I don't think so. I think he's so cocky and belligerent that he's not going to listen to anyone. And that's that's part of the reason why our country has been such a disaster during this pandemic. All of these people who understand how infectious diseases work and understands like how science works will tell him this is what's going to happen and he'll say no I'm going to show you that won't happen I'm going to show you this instead <laughs> yeah it's what he does it's depressing that- sorry I'm like I'm sorry it's depressing it's like we I, I could change the subject no 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 hey listen I I asked you fine folks to join me I, I needed to, so we live in a bubble. Like we live, we all live in our very, like I live in a very small place and Jake lives in a very small place and you live in a, some place that is completely different with different ideas. And, and I, um, so I'm very grateful for, for sharing with me, you know, your, your perspectives or, you know, I, um, I mean, last week we took our dog to the vet, which you can have, appointments now where you sit in the parking garage and they come to your car and they get your dog and we live in such a liberal place that his vet told us she gave us a a vegan popsicle recommendation for charlie like that's how like that's how different things here are (laughs) and yeah and we like we knew of the vegan popsicle um store um and um, we didn't know where. Shout it out was. to the vegan popsicle store. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we didn't know where it was. Um, so she told us that, and then we were like, "Oh, did you know that? Like right next door to that, this like vegan cheese store is moving in?" And she's like, "No, I didn't know that. That's great. Um, that's Portland." Yeah. Man, but but here's the thing: is like you you also have on the other side of that in Portland, um, the 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 most. Uh, amazing, you know, like barbecue joints. Like you have, you have the entire spectrum of like deliciousness. Like okay, except for so, terrible coffee. Um, terrible coffee in Portland. Uh, <laughs> um. So by the way, this is a real quick shout out to uh, one of our supporters here, the Schnitzel Bomber. He um, has a buddy who has an Italian restaurant on, I believe it is Twenty Third Street in uh, Portland. I'll get the name of that. Um, but yeah, the Schnitzel Bomber is the only place that I would recommend anyone uh, eat up here. Anyway, I mean there are a couple of like cool restaurants, Veronica's as well. But the Schnitzel Bomber, um, I don't know. I, yeah, they've got stuff. They've got locally sourced vegetables as much as much locally sourced cabbage as you could possibly want. And Bill, you understand how Schnitzel is supposed to taste because we went to college in Germany. That is true. That is true. That is true. I miss donor kebabs. That's a thing that, that uh, I've, I've discussed openly. Um, but you live in a place that probably has donor kebabs. And on top of that, has a great place for vegan donor kebabs. In yeah, fact, we have a place that we can get delivered to our house that makes vegan shawarma. Yeah. So, like, you have – that is a thing 
your reality is completely different than our reality. We have, we have um, coffee shops, cannabis, and churches. Like those are our three big things right now. Like and yeah. and the Walmart. And we have a Walmart. We've got a Walmart and a Fred Myers. But that's yeah. in the other town. Like during the pandemic, we have a lot of food delivery services and a lot of restaurants that decided to like switch over to become food delivery services. We could get alcohol dropped on our off on our porch. We could get marijuana dropped off on our porch. We could get vegan pizza dropped off on our porch. We could get we could get an ice cream, like soft serve ice cream with toppings delivered to our house. So it's so it's like your whole city is just like cats and shrews. <laughs> yeah, we're we're spoiled. Like we're like we're really yeah, spoiled. We're really spoiled. Here. Like I yeah. if I if I like can't drive for some reason and I want to get a latte, I can order a latte for myself on my phone and it shows up on my doorstep five minutes later. Yeah, yeah, and I think like I guess going back to the politics side of this, I think that that's something that like uh, a lot of people don't like see outside of Portland. Um, like they think that like you know there are people throwing like bricks into like thrift shop windows and throwing bricks at churches and like lighting um, like the um, the government buildings on fire and stuff and um, none of that's happening. Um, I want someone to buy like like a brick from Home Depot and then throw it through the window of Home Depot. Like, <laughs> what do you? Good. You said it's not happening. What do you mean by that? Like they're not setting buildings on fire or yeah so there um i uh i saw something from um the portland fire department that since the protests started there has not been a fire that's required more than one fire truck there hasn't been like a two alarm fire um related to protests there have been like some trash cans like lit on fire and stuff um some damage like that um that's been uncommon there was one night where there were um, like some serious protests and like a riot um, shortly after George Floyd was killed. Um, it was actually in an intersection about six blocks from our house. There were some fires like in the middle of the intersection and stuff and like a bit of graffiti. Um, it looked really bad on the news, but like a couple of days later, it was back to normal. It wasn't a big deal. Um, there's still some broken glass and still boarded up windows, but a lot of what I think is hard for people to see or understand when they see these pictures of Portland is that most things were boarded up um, at the end of March or beginning of April when the coronavirus closure started. So like these buildings, these like businesses being boarded up, that's not new. And like there's graffiti on them, definitely. Some of that's new, but not all of it. And actually some of the graffiti is very like intentional. There are a lot of places downtown like by Voodoo Donut, the, the like famous you know donut place. There's a restaurant Mothers that's like a block away or so, and they uh, boarded up their windows and they put like like fresh plywood or whatever up after George Floyd was killed, and they inv invited local street artists to do like murals on all of the uh, on all the windows on all the plywood. So there are these like beautiful works of street art downtown that are like just on the temporary plywood, not defacing the building, not creating like any work for the, the owners of the building when it's time to like reopen. They can remove the plywood and um, it'll probably be undamaged so they could, you know, display that somewhere else. 
yeah, Ted's mother lives in the suburbs and she's been watching the news a lot. Like, like a lot of our loved ones, you know, are watching the news and spending more time at home. And, uh, we, um, had her come over one day, we all wore masks and everything like that. And, um, after we spent some time with her, she was asking Ted, because we live in the city, like we have a house, like in the city, she was asking Ted where the protests were happening because she didn't see anything in our neighborhood. And she asked him to drive her into the downtown area where they were happening. And it's such an isolated section of the downtown area. I would say it only takes up maybe like four city blocks or something like that. And that's the only place where these protests have been contained to, like such a small part of the city. Like we can't hear anything at night, like, we're even forgetting that they're happening. Like, we're kind of bored. Yeah. One one night, we even went out to get ice cream, vegan ice cream, <laughs> like a mile away from where all this stuff was happening. And didn't even hear or see anything. Yeah. Um, I, I have a video that I'll, um, I'll send to you, Bill, that um, hopefully you can, like, edit in a little section. Um, uh, there was a bike protest. <laughs> Link down below. Link down below. Um, yeah, so um, talk a little bit about the bike protest. And, and yeah, it was just like I was standing like like by my front door. Um, which gardening. Was, oh, gardening, actually. Yeah, I had like my overalls on and stuff. I was like doing the thing. And okay, you've got to have the outfit for it. You do. You really do. He does. He won't let me put braids in his hair, but his brown overalls, if I could put braids in his hair when he's out there doing it. Be you strike me as the type of guy that has hard farmer hands. But no, not right he now. But my, mine are harder from baking all of the time. <laughs> when, I, when I put in my sprinkler system, I had like serious business. Anyway, so um, there was uh, there was like a bike protest coming by on our street. Um, we're living like um, in the city, but like, like residential-ish area. And there were probably 300, um, at least 200 cyclists who rode by on their bikes. And they were just like going by on their bikes, like, like pedaling, you know, regular bicycles with some signs. Uh, a couple of them had like Bluetooth speakers on the back and stuff. It was cool. And it was like socially distant. It wasn't a coronavirus issue. And it, um, you know, it wasn't disruptive. It was like 3 p.m. or something. It was nice. I think it's, well, it's, while we can still do it before the winter does, we should do more things like that. We should have uh, more get out of the houses, you know. Um, I don't know. I appreciate that people are going out. It's On one hand, like, it sucks to hear that, you know, um, you know, these things are like you people aren't getting the full story or they're being sold a particular story or a particular narrative. They're not being told all of the information that really it's sucks. Um, the so sensationalism is through the roof. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for, for sharing uh, that bit of, of uh, updates on Portland. Cause I, that had never even really uh, crossed my mind that we know a lot of New York city has been boarded up since the very beginning of this, but it never crossed my mind. Portland is also a very big city. Uh, why wouldn't they? Um, now for people like me who have, um, have been to Portland and, and the show is, is based in Alaska. A lot of, uh, a lot of our listeners have family 
in Oregon and, and in Washington. Um, but we're all kind of familiar with the area. Where are some of the landmarks? When you say it's downtown, what do you mean? If you could go ahead, okay. I'll let you go ahead. Okay. Um, so, uh, like landmark wise. Yeah. So there's like the, the little federal building complex, um, downtown by the waterfront. It's, um, like a, a few blocks south and closer to the water from, uh, like Pioneer Square and, um, from, like the, the Apple Store and uh, Voodoo Donuts and stuff. It's uh, it, it's a federal building complex. It's like a city building, municipal building complex. So there's like a park and then some um, government buildings around it. And that's where the protests are. And nobody lives there. Um, it's just like government buildings, um, city buildings and stuff. And then as you come out from that, there are some like businesses like, um, sort of high rise, you know, like the um, like six to like 10 story type buildings that we have here. Um, I know where you're talking about. That's actually, it's a, it's a good description of, yeah, if anyone's been to Portland, they probably know exactly where you're speaking of. But. Sweet, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe like um, I can send a map that you can like <laughs> put like- Links in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, that'll You're happen. The best ever. You might be the best guest ever. You're including links, you son of a biscuit. And that's not the vegan biscuit. You son of a vegan biscuit. I'll make you. We I've got probably one. have you probably have you edit this too. <laughs> okay, Bill. Um, I think Ted would be a speaker on your podcast anytime you would want. Like he loves. I can tell he like loves this. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, like I, I appreciate hearing um, a, a different perspective because again, like we live in, uh, we live in a bubble, and so we end up uh, a lot of times running into the same ideas that we've already had because we're stuck in the same place, seeing the same things day to day. That the idea of a world um, that is so foreign to um, to to what we're used to, right? But it's like. Um, I live in a community of some like really good people um, and it's very much a, a red state. Um, but a lot of the folks that, um, well, during the current, our, our current election cycle in our state, it's um, very much, um, I don't know, everything is its own little microcosm. Um, whatever is happening there is happening in our small little community, but it's, that's happening, uh, everywhere. Um, I don't know. I, a lot of the, the things that you presented to us tonight about Portland, I just, I, you know, we only get half of a story and because yeah, we're all getting our stuff from the same sources. Portland is so, it's such a polite city that it's kind of annoying when you're driving your car because people are so respectful of the speed limit, especially in residential areas. But also when you get to a four-way stop, people here like encourage other people who stopped <laughs> to go before them. And it ends up taking longer to drive somewhere because people are so polite. And it's like That's that you're like walking on the sidewalk too. So many people will move over for you and like move out of the way. That, and then the person who who everyone moved over for will stop and be like, oh, you don't have to do that for me. It's like everything here like becomes this like giant fiasco because 
everyone's trying to like out polite the people around them. Like it's seriously like that. That's true. It really is. I don't know. Portland is the only place um, where I've ever, I, I can ever say I've been in traffic and been cut off by like a, like a, like a double decker unicycle at four yeah. o'clock. Oh yeah. No, the, the cyclists. Yeah. Yeah. They, but they but a double decker unicycle, sir. I didn't know that was a thing. Wait, but a double decker yeah. unicycle? In Portland. Like, double decker unicycle yeah. in Portland. Um, it was, it was, it was the, the opening of Portlandia. Like it was that, that was, um, and every time I love, I love Portland. Portland is my favorite city in, uh, in North America. And so it's, it's good to hear that the city's, I mean, there's, the city's not on fire, uh, but the city was almost on fire in another really real way. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, about the fire? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know that much about like all of how many acres it was or whatever was going on. But, uh, the day the fire started, we had a record breaking windstorm here. We don't usually get windstorms like the kind that you have like during the thunderstorm in the midwest or in the south during hurricane season like stuff like that just doesn't happen here and we've been having a drought all summer like we have not been getting rain and it hasn't been gray like people imagine it's been a really hot really sunny summer and so the windstorm kind of kicked things off because areas already at risk for being on fire because of the drought um, things just started burning, you know, like our neighborhood, we were without power for six hours that night because the winds were so strong that it was knocking power lines down. And there were certain neighborhoods with older trees in them where they were shutting the power off for days as a way to prevent fires. But there were like, you know, trees falling down, some trees falling on people's houses, like things like that. Like it, it was really windy and really hot and really intense. And then the next day, the sky was orange and there was ash that we could see falling on our car. And then as the day went on, the smoke was so heavy. Initially, it reminded me of that trip we took to Athens, Greece, um, Bill in like 2001. Do you remember that like wall of smog in the downtown area? <laughs> like, well, it's, do you remember that? It was like a wall. It was <laughs> not like 2,000 years of vehicles and like you know and brake dust and yeah, it was like industrial shit. Like it was yeah, it was it was like that, but very amplified, and it, it got to the point where hours after the windstorm and the fire started and that smoke and the wall of smoke and the sky turned orange, like hours after that, our breathing was so impaired by the hazardous air quality. You could smell smoke everywhere you went, like all over our house, we could smell smoke everywhere, but not, not just like, Ooh, I smell that. Like, not like campfire, like, completely different like yeah. I'm struggling to breathe right now and I can't stop coughing and my throat is sore because of this it was terrifying yeah this is what it looks like 
Oh, the I, the video might be kind of. It was literally like that for a week. Like flower. For a week, we had the most hazardous air quality in the world, and um, we have some friends who are nurses at the NICU, and they were struggling um, for babies whose lungs were developing. Like they, the babies were struggling to breathe because the smoke smell in the NICU was so intense, they couldn't get enough air purifiers and enough like fresh air circulating to keep the baby safe. Like that's like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, there, there were never any clouds during this time. It was just like smoke. So it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, sucked. it wasn't good. No, it wasn't okay. good. So, uh, so last year. Um, Taking your entire we, thought and broken it down to it last sucked. Year we had very, we had pretty rough forest fires. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, like I, I can, I can appreciate like how much all of that sucks. Um, and then that, like that sort of existential dread that comes with the great fire of the apocalypse. Like, is this, is this the big one? Like, is this how it goes? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they were telling, they were telling people in the city to study the evacuation maps and to keep checking air quality and keep checking evacuation zones and be prepared to leave your house at moment's notice and then come home to nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really intimidating. Like that's, you know, like take only the things you absolutely cannot live without and, you know, and life goes on. And yeah, you know, where do you where do you even drive to when Washington's also on fire? When California is also on fire? Like, where do you go? To the beach. Do you go like drive into the ocean. <laughs> Actually, the, the beach had issues too. The coast they they had fires in the coast. No, I meant drive into the ocean. Oh, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> the beach. Like you know what? It's all sand. You know, you'll be fine. You just hang out there for a while. Let it let it burn out. You know. You're, and then, and the cool thing is, is, you know, you, you're the first person to get back to that place that's all burnt out and you stake your claim. You say, I, I am Teddy P and this is my spot. And that spot is like this three block area where your house used to live, but now it's the, now it's the P family homestead. The yeah, I was going to say it's mo modern day homesteading. Yeah. Yeah, dude, and you grow from here on. I'm telling you, this is there's a there's a there's a bright side to this, and that yeah. bright side. Why is, we need to burn more? Yeah, maybe. Um, but you get your three acres in in uh, in what used to be lovely downtown Portland to have like the sweetest organic tomato farm. Yeah, and then yeah, and thirty to forty years later, like you own the majority of the town because no one else can find property, and, and you. So, yeah, you got yours with like some wooden stakes. Holy smack. And you own all the property where like the new Nike town has been rebuilt and because people decided they want to go back to Portland. Yeah, you mm -hmm. own it. This is all you. It's ooh, it's not even it's it's Pennington land. <laughs> people are so coming I, back to Portland. Wait, I do have to say though, the fire like it is really sad that so many people lost their homes. Like it, it yeah. really, really is yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. A lot of people. I feel bad for the insurance companies too. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So up here, like we had an area that it, it one point, I don't know how big it was, but it was very big. It was the, the, the fire last summer. It was a gigantic thing and nobody lost anything because there's that much space without anyone uh, between us. It messed up my car. Actually, like uh, it was all of like 20 minutes before they shut the road down like the fire department or the forestry division were driving up. Like as I was coming back from Anchorage, I almost stayed the night in Anchorage. Um, I'm glad I didn't because I would have been stuck there. But I drove through this tunnel of fire. Like it had crossed the road and like ash had hit my, or not ash, but actual like burning embers kept hitting my car. And I tried to, um, I didn't want to stop. Um, and I wanted to pay attention, but I, was, I wasn't in service. So I couldn't get Siri to open my camera because I wanted to video it. But yeah, like my whole car was like, it was, yeah, flames going completely across both sides of the roads and just dropping embers on my car. Wow. So when stuff like that happens in Alaska, are you just like, yeah, Alaska, like. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, I was going to ask you, like, what do you, what do you have in your car? Because in my car, I have like a sleeping bag because if, like, if my car breaks down in the winter and my phone is dead, like. Sorry, I think the dog. My children and I die. <laughs> we don't have much like what is a portland yeah what's a portland emergency kit look like yeah um actually I, tofu. I used to live downtown um like like right downtown in portland um about five years ago or so and uh, uh you can't leave anything in in your car it's um it's it's like a city in that way um like people will like break your window and take whatever they see so um I just have water and a snow shovel um, and it doesn't even snow that much, but I lived in New Hampshire for six years. So I like still have the, the snow shovel. So this is kind of, this is a weird one because I'm, I'm running into the clock on this particular thing as well. Um, do you guys have like an, a, this is a weird question because it's very much an Alaska question and we're going to probably have to go back to you in a second. But do you have an apocalypse plan? Because, like, we live in Alaska. That's a real <laughs> thing that we have. Yeah. Um, if you need a second uh, to, like to answer that, that question, I'm running out of time on this one, and I can send you another invite. This is so much really awesome material, and thank you guys so much. Um, I can give you a second to, uh, um, to think about a good answer for that. This episode of Woke and Bake was brought to you without interruption by Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. For more information, give them a call at 907-953-4720. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. The gym is open 24 hours a day, and because the kids are back in school, you can generally find me there at around 5 o'clock in the morning. For more information on Iron Asylum, again, that number is 907-953-4720. 907-953-4720. And Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the makers of Hashade, the number one selling edible in the great state of Alaska. They make Hashade, Blueberry Hashade, and Strawberry Hashade. They also make can of caps, honey sticks, and peanut butter, which is bought farm direct. They also carry flour and concentrates, including decarb oil and cartridges. Now, because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices. For more information, check out Red Run Cannabis Company 
Weedmaps.com. And be sure to check out Weedmaps for their current menu. Hashade as a product, as well as all other Red Run products, are available at finer dispensaries in the great state of Alaska. All right, here's your cannabis warning, and have a great day. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.